0: Welcome to the Leadership Under the Microscope interview series, Plain Talk by Pragmatic Leaders, a production of JR Global. Today, we continue our series of interviews with innovative leaders from around the world. These episodes convene conversations about their stories and examine the pitfalls, priorities, parameters, and pragmatism of being a leader in the global community. Here is your host, J.R. Klein. My guest
1: today is uh, Joseph Bruchschlagel. Mr. Bruchschlagel studied telecommunications and media economics at the University of Applied Science in Polton, Austria, and graduated summa cum laude in 2000. At the age of 21, he was appointed as director of e-commerce at Telecom Austria Group and established the online sales of telecom services as Europe's pioneer in the field. In 2009, he joined Kroc Telecom as Vice President for Carrier Relations and was promoted to Chief Operating Officer a year later. In 2013, he was named Fox Chief Executive Officer, where he has become a major driver in the development of the industry and established premier rates as a payment tool for Global Out. Joseph holds a master's degree in engineering from the University of Applied Sciences in St. Paul and is alumnus of the prestigious Oxford Advanced Management and Leadership Program at the Side Business School, where he was named Outstanding Alumnus in 2016. CV Magazine calls him the most influential CEO of the year 2019 telecommunication. Today's guest is uh, Mr. Joseph Bruchlager. Uh, he comes to us from Austria today. Joseph, welcome to the program.
2: Great pleasure meeting you, JR. Good to see you again. Uh,
1: Joseph and I uh, come from uh, a background that is uh, not dissimilar from the places that we have been. We both come out of uh, the Oxford Advanced Management and Leadership Program, and he has distinguished himself by his innovative approach to to leading today Joseph we really want to listen to your story so uh, if you would start us out by talking about how did you get to where you are today what, what, what's your story how did you move through uh, your career ventures, your life ventures to get to where you are, and maybe tell us a little bit about what your current passions
0: are. Uh, this was a,
2: a pretty pretty bumpy road <laughs> over the time. So I, I, I was born and grew up in, in a tiny town in, in Austria, in the Austrian Alps, uh, but it's a 15,000 inhabitant um, town here. Uh, in the middle of the Austrian Alps. And um, I moved on after doing high school here, um, studying telecommunications and media economies at the University of Applied Science in St. Poulton, where I first got in touch uh, with uh, internet technology, uh, broadcasting, the telecommunication world, etc. And uh, back then uh, we had to do uh, uh, mandatory volunteering during the seventh semester where I ended up with uh, Telecom Austria, the national incumbent of telecoms in Austria. And um, it was uh, a a pretty funny time back then. It was 1999, so it was just uh, the upcoming of Internet. And Imagine it was a time where Google didn't even exist back then. Nobody knew about Facebook or all those uh, fancy social media things. And um, the first project I I got there, um, since uh, nobody had an idea of marketing whatever. It was state-owned companies. before this uh, people had to fill out forms um, to even get the telephony line Um, After six weeks as a volunteer, uh, my boss came up to me and said, "Uh, you did this internet thing at university, didn't you? said, yes, I I did. So now you're responsible for uh, the launch of uh, DSL technology in Austria. So um, after six weeks being a volunteer, I was in charge of maybe one of the biggest projects in telecom uh, Austria ever saw, bringing broadband to the country. And um, it it was quite an experience, Um, so I I had no clue what to do, and it was kind of jumping into cold water. But it was great fun, and I realized that the world of telecommunications is something I like. Um, So the the, the volunteering thing uh, lasted for approximately six months, and afterwards I wanted to go back to university and doing my masters in engineering. And so my chief marketing officer back then came to me and said, you you just did this internet thing with the DSL technology for us, isn't it? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, okay, um, Telecom Austria wants to have an e-commerce channel. Uh, Would you like to stay with us and to this um, setup of an online shop and the e-commerce processes, etc. And so I agreed doing my master's in parallel with my full time job at Telecom Austria. And uh, maybe one year y- later, at the age of uh, 21, um, they promoted me as uh, the director of e commerce, becoming a member of uh, the second management layer of Telecom Austria and the director. And so I stayed there for, for a couple of years, um, developing um, the online shop of Telecom, developing the so called Partner Web, where we served our resellers, um, developed um, the B2B channels and the logistics behind. And so at the age of uh, 25, um, I had the feeling um, to, to hit a certain glass ceiling. You know, nobody makes um, somebody a board director at the age of 25 when it's about state-owned companies. So I was thinking, okay, how do, how do I proceed? Uh, what's my ne- next career steps? And I decided uh, to open up my, my own tiny consultant firm, um, specializing on IT, uh, specializing on internet technology and e-commerce. And um, lucky me, rather soon came up a very big customer uh, back then, uh, Deutsche Post, um, who assigned me the project of corporate wear, uh, which was my first um, project on global scale. Um, The intent was um, to stuff all the 600,000 employees of Deutsche Post with new corporate garment and uh, I was in charge as uh, the chief business consultant um, to set up the supply chain, to set up the online ordering, to set up the logistics, um, the storing of the goods, the delivery. And I really loved it uh, because it was for me the first chance to get in touch uh, with Asia, with the United States, etc. which uh, also created some difficulties, for example, um, We made these beautiful uniforms for the the, the postal um, employees and uh, we tried to approach this with a classic sizing system, small, medium, large and so on. And The first thing I figured out is that um, small, medium, large in Northern America means something totally different than in Southeast Asia. (laughs) So we had to come up with um, innovative um, things like self-measuring and uh, producing on demand. And it, it was a great success. Uh, people were happy. Um, the board of directors they were happy. The, the press uh, covered the project on, on on huge scale. And so my immediate next client um, was then Deutsche Telekom, uh, also in Bonn, Germany, uh, where I was in charge of... Uh, um, Schools to the Net. Schools to the Net was an internet initiative um, dri- driven by um, Deutsche Telekom and the German Ministry of Education. And uh, back then, the idea was um, to set certain nationwide standards for education, especially for elementary schools and high schools. So they wanted to have equal testing in Bavaria as in Schleswig-Holstein and in Berlin and so on. And my job was on one hand to align the interest of the German teachers and the ministry and on the other hand to build an internet platform where all these things like e-learning, um, online collaboration, etc. could be facilitated. And um, it was quite interesting for for me um, because um, it it was a sort of private-public partnership, uh, which I consider a a very interesting um, sort of business. And yeah, I did this project. And um, soon later, um, Quark Telecom came up uh, to me in in the year, it was then 2009, so I I was um, just 31 and asked me if I would be interested um, to take the job as uh, Vice President Carrier Relations, um, which was again attracting to me because uh, Quark is doing its business on global scale and I like this international approach and so on. And so I, I agreed. Um, moving uh, most of the time to Cyprus, uh, where still our headquarters are, um, also working um, from, from our German offices. And um, somehow I fell in love with the company because uh, one and a half years later I was uh, promoted um, Chief Operating Officer. Um, since uh, 2013, I'm leaving, leading the firm as its uh, Chief Executive. Um, so I'm, I'm still here, um, I think. Four weeks from now, uh, I'm celebrating my 10th anniversary with the firm and uh, yes, this was the journey. Maybe to, 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 to mention also, um, when I became CEO, I, I, I realized there's a lot to learn and um, as you know from your own experience, um, being CEO and being the ultimate decision maker demands certain qualities of you. And um, in 2014, a great opportunity occurred to me, um, being invited and accepted for the advanced management program in Oxford, you already mentioned, uh, where I was not just able to learn a lot of things, but also um, to interact with uh, great characters and individuals. Um, You mentioned uh, we were meeting there. And yeah, that's um, to make a long story short, um, my, my career path. Uh, I'm still CEO of Quark Telecom, and trying to to sell um, telecommunication services all around the place.
1: And that's a that's a very interesting uh, story. You have certainly mastered the knack of being in the right place at the right time.
2: Oh, indeed, in JR. You know that the, the, there is um, a little competence, a lot of engagement. And a good portion of luck you have to have, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you'd you'd like to think that life becomes that easy, you know, that all you have to do is show up, uh, which I believe you really do. But there's also some challenges in there that you had to face, some things that didn't work out exactly like you wanted them to. What were some of those challenges, some of those big barriers that you had? On
2: this journey? I think um, I mentioned before my my job at Telecom Austria and leaving it and building my my first uh, tiny consulting firm. And um, I I think due to the fact that I was rather successful at an early age, uh, I was on the brink becoming a little bit arrogant and too self confident. And uh, back then uh, when I left uh, the the firm and um, figured out um, how to acquire clients and customers, I had the first big learning experience. Uh, the big firm behind you is always more important than yourself are. So I was uh, a little bit overwhelmed and also put uh, down on the ground uh, in terms of not, not, not becoming too hybrid and uh, becoming too self-confident. Uh, for me, especially at this age of 25, uh, it was a very important learning experience that um, you have to run for your success. Um, You should not mix up the reputation of your firm and your own. um, Life is much more difficult when you're not spending millions of euros, but have to run after clients to acquire them. And it was a good portion of luck back then um, to acquire Deutsche Post and establish my reputation as a a consultant. Um, I think another great learning experience was uh, when I did the Deutsche Post project uh, in terms of I already mentioned it was my first exposure on, on, on global scale and dealing with uh, different cultures uh, with different languages with different approaches uh, to work um, to work ethics um, to how things are approached uh, was uh, quite important to me and, and and a very big learning and this also reflected uh, when I moved to, to Quark. Um, you you have to imagine we're we are a tiny boutique firm, we're 20 people, nevertheless so we have employees from currently uh, 14 different nations, so people coming from Iraq, from Nigeria, from China, from um, Poland, from Austria, all over the place. and. Um, one of my, 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 my big challenges was back then was, on the one hand, accepting and uh, engaging with the um, strengths of the individuals and their uh, cultural backgrounds. On the other hand, finding found uh, common ground, uh, how people interact and how to put them, how to align them at the end of the day and going for one goal. And this is something where I'm still learning a lot. Um, This is also some of my my big learnings out of the Oxford Advanced Management Leadership Program where we have also been um, 35 people um, from all sorts of um, cultures and and, and backgrounds, etc. And this is something I consider as not just challenging but extremely interesting um, to work on that and to to, to facilitate uh, the strengths out of this um, turf, if you like. It is indeed an
1: experience that uh, changes uh, you and changes really your perspective. I'm interested in your thinking, sort of drilling down a little bit. I'm hearing uh, some of the lessons that you've learned, uh, some of the challenges that you've had. Do you consider that you have a certain style uh, in your leadership or a certain approach Approach To leading. You're, you're talking about uh, you've got employees, you've, you're working with not only customers in your market, but you're working with employees. What's your thinking on sort of your leadership style or your approach?
2: In terms of leadership style, uh, I, I'm, I'm deeply convinced that happy chicken make bigger eggs. So, and I'm also aware of the fact that we are spending more time in office and with our colleagues than we spend with our families, than with our friends, with our outside community. So, I think um, building um, culture based on trust and mutual understanding and sympathy that works is uh, one of the major preconditions of being successful. So I try to apply a very lean management style where people have to trust to come up with issues and problems without um, having the feeling coming to the big office after the chief executive and being uh, afraid of sharing good as well as bad news. So I think uh, one of the most important things is building a a layer, a basis of trust and mutual understanding uh, because this is um, where you can build on. The second thing is I think um, the matter of alignment uh, is uh, one of the greatest uh, challenges but also the most important task uh, of a CEO uh, when it comes to make people work as a team and follow the thin red line of how to achieve superior performance. I I think um, this is also... We often talk about strategy and so on. Uh, One thing is figuring out um, what might be a good plan and what could we do to to be better than the competition, etc. But this is just a small portion of of the game. Um, Once you have identified where you want to go, the the much harder work is align people and um, Creating a style where everybody can rely on each other and know where we're heading to. So, I think um, things like sharing information, um, being transparent with the people, um, having a mutual understanding what are the company goals, um, having low barriers of communications, um, having an, easy approach how to um, communicate uh, among different hierarchy levels is extremely important to get the best out of the team and um, i always like uh, football metaphors and football in a european sense not in the u.s sense so you call it soccer i think Um, when you take a look at great uh, football teams like um, barcelona or real madrid they make the appearance that each member of the team always know where the ball will be and what his individual um, task will be to to, to to shoot the goal, and um, highly complex things um, look quite fluently and and uh, easy. This is because they train much and they have the mutual trust and the competence of each other. And this is something I try to apply uh, on my leadership style that um, things. Um, look easy that um, things are easy going that people are not afraid of um, having failures or or problems uh, because um, i think this is an integrative part of of what we're doing and i remember um, at my early years with telecom austria i was um, part of the high potential um, program of the firm so it was a management training They tried to teach us um, how to lead and how to uh, um, make plans and organize, etc. And I still remember it was the lecture of a very bright person, Dr. Jochen Block, and he he showed a, a PowerPoint slide and the PowerPoint slide said, management means solving problems. Then he switched to the second slide and it said, Who does not like problems should better leave now. (laughs) So, from this, and this somehow stuck to my head. And um, by respecting my people, by trying um, to be not just a leader, but also a trusted colleague. I think um, the way of collaborating etc. gets eased up, um, people um, take risks um, despite of the, the risk of, of failure and know that they're not punished for doing things wrong because um, I don't have to explain you, You're longer, you have a longer career than I have, mistakes happen. And um, I think that the more relaxed the approach towards this is, and the more the mutual understanding is, the better it is. So, to wrap up my leadership style is um, I would um, explain it or describe it as a lean management. I uh, describe it as uh, management by open doors. Uh, I'm spending a lot of time at the coffee machine and having um, coffee with my colleagues because I'm having um, the experience that uh, the communication goes more fluid in a non-formal environment than uh, if you ask people to the boardroom. And um, so um, an an easy-to-go approach uh, with the deep understanding that neither I am nor anybody else is perfect. Uh, I really believe that
1: this focus on trust that you have found as your sort of essential kernel is one of the big things that's missing in many uh, leadership styles. It's encouraging uh, to hear a young man like yourself who is taken as a, a basic element of their style as trusting people. I'm going to guess uh, that uh, this isn't the end of the road for you (laughs) and that you have a lot of things that you want to accomplish, things that you would like to get done. Uh, You have objectives that you want to uh, achieve. Talk to us a little bit about um, what do you headed for? What, what, uh, what do you think is left to be done inside of your world?
0: Oh, there
2: are many things left to be done and um, I think uh, when it comes to my um, corporate role, uh, I am still on, on the learning and the good thing is as long as we do it will never be perfect. So there's a, a, a long learning path ahead of me. Um, i realize um the longer i do it the better the self confidence of my capabilities but also about the knowledge of my non capabilities become so it's uh, it's um, as i'm saying to my team all the time it, it's a marathon and not a sprint so from that point of view um we have uh, a, A couple of goals. Uh, Of course, we want to grow Quack Telecom further. We just uh, raised an initiative we call Quack Capital, where we first-time step into mergers and acquisitions, so we will not just grow organically as we did during the last couple of years, but we are applying some mergers, which is a new field for me because I'm not having that much experience um, in integrating companies uh, by buying them. Um, The other thing is uh, we want to, of course, grow organically and since uh, we are in the micropayment business uh, facilitated by premium rate numbers, there are incredible new um, options coming up. Uh, You know, um, we're used um, to serve uh, TV stations, radio stations, etc. with premium rate numbers for voting, for polling, um, for um, client interaction. But um, now we see a totally change of media environment. Um, YouTube um, become more important than TV ever was. So um, YouTube influencers um, having more reach in the market than the biggest TV stations. And we're currently figuring out how to serve those guys uh, with, with our product. Then, of course, um, the whole thing of social media refactors, us because uh, on the one hand, you have the interaction through the apps. On the other hand, things like Instagram, like Snapchat, like Facebook, like broadcasting through those platforms is becoming really big. Um, Then um, we drive the internationalization of the firm, so we have currently clients in approximately 110 countries and my personal goal would be to hit the 198, so so to have a real global footprint (laughs) and cover the whole world, uh, which of course demands the, the building of the team. As I already mentioned, uh, we have a very international team and uh, for me it cannot be international enough because I consider it as a real asset serving people with their mother tongue, understanding their culture um, and their, their needs in, in, a, in a proper manner. And so these are some of my, my, my corporate goals where I want to want to develop. Um, the other thing is, um, I started uh, teaching at University of Applied Science in St. Pölten, my alma mater. Uh, um Two and a half years ago, where I'm giving a course on uh, case studies of business development, uh, which I consider an extremely interesting um, disposal of my time because um, I love the interaction with the master students, some um, young people full of ideas, some um, having the finger of the pulse of the trends. So I'm I'm not pretty sure um, if I learn more from them as they learn from me. Uh, which I love to do, um, as I said, I'm teaching a masterclass there and uh, it's a, a, a really enjoyable thing. Uh, since last year, I also I'm, I'm a member of the board of uh, the advisory board of the university, where I can influence a little bit um, the um, strategy and where Red University is heading. Uh, because um, this is one of my my, my values um, that um, I think educating the next generation of leaders is one of the most noble things you can do and you get an immediate feedback Um, i try to be in in, in touch also with the classes which are not more with with me anymore and give some mentoring etc and this is definitely something the more experienced i get the more i consider it as uh, valuable also to share my experience uh, with, with the younger generation and Then of course uh, for the next couple of years my my two daughters are aged uh, 14 and 10 and this is also a a huge assignment uh, in terms of um, the elder one is now in in high school, the younger one is starting high school, Um, I would love seeing them on great universities and uh, guiding them to to a prosper and interesting life, which is not always easy with teenagers as you can assume, but this is also a, a sort of a leadership role I really appreciate, and uh, which I consider as, as highly important. And so these are the the, the 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 current challenges and goals ahead of me. So the three pillars: uh, the corporate thing, the university thing, and uh, of course family and friends. And uh, yeah. Uh, I'm I, I fortunate enough um, to, to to bring all those things um, under one umbrella, and um, so yeah, that that's that's where I'm heading to. It's it's very
1: interesting that you are showing the value of character of a leader because you're very holistic in your approach to leadership. You just don't lead while you're at work. Uh, you you lead while you're in the community. You lead when you're with your family. Uh, it's it's very encouraging. So you 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 mentioned here uh, a little bit when you were talking about your work at St Poulton's, uh with the graduate students. If you had if you had the opportunity here to talk specifically to young leaders uh, coming into the market, or to your, your, uh, our contemporary leaders who are dealing with the kinds of questions that leaders deal with or are emerging into this, what, what would be the advice that you'd give? First of all,
2: be honest. Be yourself. I think this is the the, the most important lesson somebody can learn. Um, Being not truthful and not being straight always backfires uh, sooner or later. So I I, I generally um, think that nobody should be allowed to play the game at all if there is not a deep sense of honesty because as we talked before about trust, the precondition for, for any sort of trust is honesty and reliability. So this is the basis of everything. And then I would boil it down to, to a couple of things I really consider as important um, to, to build one's strategic edge and to build one's um, capabilities and the role in society. And uh, The first one I would uh, re- relate to is um, build sustaining relationships. It's um, so much about um, collaborating with people, um, dealing with people, and having the trust of people, um, having the support of people, that um, the relationship thing is something you cannot stress enough. And um, take a good portion of your time to build those stable relationships. Um, the second thing is work as a team Uh, there are smart people out there but normally teams create the better outcome and that that's now very um on the surface and please take it as a joke but um, highly intelligent people have an iq of 120 130 the average um ape has an IQ of 60. So if you just put three apes on a the table, they are smarter than the smartest individuals. <laughs> so work as a team cannot be emphasized too much. Then, of course, create alignment. If people work together, you have, a, have to have a mutual understanding what the thing is about and what is the direction people shall head to. The fourth thing I consider extremely important is um, setting strategic direction. What is the game plan to achieve superior performance? And um, in days like this, uh, where everything is quick and our information flows are quick, we're receiving 150 emails each day and um, uh, 50 c- calls on the cell phone and, and everywhere. Take the time to reflect. What is your strategic game plan? How do you want to achieve superior performance? I think um, this cannot be overstressed. And then I think the delivery of results is enormous important, because um, when you're long enough in the business, you know a lot of people who have a great plan, who love talking and um, building big visions, but they never deliver that uh, at the end of the day, the best plan is worth nothing if you cannot uh, achieve the necessary results. So do not forget about uh, bringing things down to earth and, and make them happen. And as a last thing, and everybody who does a job or who, who lives long enough uh, knows that you have to cope with pressure. It's it's not always easy going, it's not always um, the easy way. Sometimes you have to deal with setbacks, so you have to deal with difficulties and problems. And learning, coping with pressure at an early stage in your career, I think, is, is a very important thing and makes the rest of your career possible much easier in terms of also uh, not taking things to personal um, learning that failure and problems are unfortunately part of the game um, doing the necessary learnings out of it um, but um, you will not go through a career path uh, without uh, the capability of coping with pressure and um, dealing with setbacks and so having those pillars um, creating, sustaining relationships, working as a team, um, setting a strategic direction, creating alignment among the team, delivering results, and uh, coping with pressure, I think, is a sort of cooking recipe. Um, If you deal with that properly, not too much things can go wrong.
1: Well, Joseph, this was very enlightening, very insightful in the way that you have thought through uh, your approach. And uh, it is, uh, the proof is certainly in the pudding as we see how the ventures that you have and are pursuing are really getting a quality of performance that is very desirable. Thank you very much for taking your time with us today. Uh, we do appreciate it and we will
2: watch you with the delight and- and admiration thank you very much it was my pleasure and thank you very very much for the invitation i know that usually you're talking uh, to much greater leaders than i am Uh, thank you for your time thank you for the invitation and i hope to see you soon in oxford
0: thanks for listening to plain talk by pragmatic leaders jr klein is an oxford published author speaker and global business consultant JR Global specializes in socially responsible business consulting. To learn more, visit jrglobal.co. Thank you for listening.